welcome to another episode of The Momos and the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe's folklore, episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebvre, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We're in book two, Earth, chapter 14, City of Walls and Secrets. In this chapter... There is no war in Ba Sing Se. Smile. Uh, bum bum bum. <laughs> Perfection. A full plate today yes. on the podcast. This episode is rich in subtext, in conflict, in in silliness. setting up what's gonna happen. Yes. Silliness. There's it is so much silliness in this. Full. It yeah, it's a We're full sh- meal. So yeah. like yeah, saddle up. So I. I guess we start with them entering the city of Ba Sing Se <clears throat> um, and sort of recognizing that like, oh, the city can't be that big. Suddenly it's this yeah. humongous system and it's their first introduction to the class structure of Ba Sing Se. Mm-hmm. Yes. You get a couple comments on how the outer rings are, where the poor people live and how it's more congested. It's more condensed. It's less, it's less, uh, it's less protected. It's less, yeah. it's less safe. It's, and the closer you get to the city, the more yeah. affluent the citizens become. Um, yeah, it's and then they get like a contained city-state, kind of yeah. like like the Vatican. Yeah. So there's like, um, uh, I took notes on it because I was like, this. I mean, this absolutely tracks. Like um, Judy, I want to talk about her a lot, but for the for the discussion of the wall or walls. Right. So there's like the outer ring, which is basically like craftsmen's and new arrivals, which is basically the slums. Right. People mm-hmm. that work with their hands. And the, the word yeah. that she uses is quaint to describe it. There's lots um, of dog whistling. Yes. Um, also, then the middle is the financial district, the shops and the restaurants, because, of course, that has more value. Then the upper ring has uh, the most important citizens. And then an, even another um, ring within it is the inner wall, which is the palace and has like bossing say, or I'm sorry, has the, the Dai Li in there, too. Yes. Um, so right off the bat, we meet Julie. Um, who, or I'm sorry, Julie is the next uh, is Cora. Yeah. Judy. We meet Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, and. As somebody that has previously worked at for Disney, <laughs> um, when I saw this episode um, for the first time, I was like, "Oh my fucking god, they did it! This is it!" Like you, like she's using that uh, the voice that she uses, mm-hmm. the cadence, the perma smile, the um, can't go off script, that everyone is safe, the like threatening mm. smile to make sure that everybody else is playing along, right? Like. Um, also ultimately just, um, a lot of that is based out of fear too, right? Like fear of losing her job and in this point, like her life, right? Um, yeah. because like we have these like cultural police, which we do have, we, you know, at Schmizny. um, but, um, <laughs> anyways, um, but ultimately she is replaced with, um, you know, with somebody who takes on not only her job, but her moniker as well as Judy and her likeness, me, but it's enough. 
it's differentiated enough as to not. Well, be she's issue. dressed up mm-hmm. the this exact same way, right? And mm-hmm. so for me, yeah. being in a situation where I can really identify with this character, um, like I mean, the number one thing for me was like I am replaceable, right? And they make sure that you know yeah. that when yeah. you are um, at a certain level, right? I mean, I'm sure it's a great experience for other people, but. I mean, 75% of Disney employees are homeless, or I'm sorry, 50% of uh, them are homeless, um, and 75% of them, uh, this is Disney theme parks um, in California, but 75% of them are food insecure. <laughs> like, So um, uh, again, like when you see this kind of like, hello, welcome, yeah. oh my goodness, right? But then if you don't follow along with the asinine amount of rules that there are like literally like mm-hmm. how big your rings can be how how your uh you can't have painted fingernails like all of these um mm-hmm. these rules and regulations right for like practically minimum yeah. wage and ultimately you are going to be replaced even if you do nothing wrong like the the ways that some of these things are written are to absolutely um you know just when they tire of you or when you do some like you know when they're just like oh whatever you're replaceable even if it's 100 percent out of your control replaceable um Mm -hmm. we like the animators were really showing out in this episode and just like as you were describing all of that and just in my head i was thinking of like the look of absolute horror on judy's face when uh when like the avatar gets revealed and it's like that kind of horror like that's a woman who knows like she could be killed she could disappear and never see her family or anybody ever again because of these fucking kids <laughs> Mm-hmm. Who don't that know wouldn't listen better. to her yeah except i mean tough should know <laughs> right like um, tough well i guess not really because understand from the get-go they hit her away right so yeah. like she wouldn't know so i didn't even yeah so she wouldn't know Interesting. yeah yeah so so yeah i don't think she understands the dangers of the politics mm-hmm. of it i think she only understands the politics of etiquette yeah and the politics of like wealth Right. Those yeah. are the two things that she recognizes as like, that's what the game is. That's what we're playing. Yeah. But she doesn't understand the insidious sort of subtext of the game, which is ultimately power and power at the expense of lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like just building on what you were talking about as far as like pseudo fascism um, in context of this sort of uh seemingly capitalist state of deeply impoverished citizens versus the ultra ultra wealthy as just a commentary on general capitalist America. I do think it's really interesting, especially in the terms of like, like um, not damage control, but, but like the, the recontextualizing like, Oh, we're actually not at war and actually people like it here. And actually mm-hmm. we are the best place in the world you want to be. And actually people are clamoring to get in the poor people love it here. They'd rather be here than anywhere else. Um, and it sort of turns it into this conversation that borderlines on like, um, what is the word? Uh, xenophobic sort of rhetoric of like, it's us mm. and them. And this is our, and like, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's 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 a fantastic allallegory for that. Yeah. It's also the good. people that 
are in like the figurehead is not the one that's actually in charge right like yeah where we're talking about like secret organizations or organizations that work you know in front of everybody everybody mm-hmm. knows if you don't follow the rules or if they don't like the way that you look or whatever then mm-hmm. they're just going to get you right so like another great way that yeah. this is you know that the, the people in power like you know the president isn't the one that really makes decisions right like they're just the figurehead they're the one to like you know um there are literally so many other people that are responsible for um for the things that impact your everyday life yeah um yeah i think and this a lot is of a- them prefer to be invisible to you yes. like i bet like no one in boston yeah. say actually knows who long fang is yeah besides I, I mean, the people who need to know i'm sure that uh the people that the creators were fans of x files where <laughs> like uh you have like the shadow organization within the fbi within the government within the thing um sorry i'm watching x files and i was like yes yes do it Boxing say but yeah, it, it's, i mean it's 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 so true and it's so mm-hmm. insidious and like scary and i ah uh, this sort of leads me, I think, okay, this is not going to be really a tangent, but it's just more of, I want to go back to Jort a little bit, just in his, the way that he sort of is framed within this as sort of the, yes. the well-intentioned bystander, right? Like he, despite his friends telling him, leave it alone, leave it alone, he's convinced he wants to get his vengeance, whatever. Um... And in this society, despite all of all of the things that he knows, because he chooses not to play the game, he is penalized and erased, right? Like he wants to he wants to find justice. He wants to find despite despite the context of like realistically, like just go, just do live your life like it's over. We've all had tragedy, we've all had this. But because he wants what he would consider true justice in this fashion. He wants to prove it and he wants to redeem himself. Uh, He is erased for it. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, Well, I mean, he's like, he is a really good example of like, because we see on like the macro scale, like the effects that, you know, um, this type of a government and this type of a system and, um, and like <laughs> we see how that works and how that shapes society, right? Like society at large. But um, through Judy and through Jort, uh, through Jet, I'm gonna call him Jet this episode. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Through um, through Judy and through Jet, we see two different sides of victims, right? Where one yeah. is following the rules and is like doing everything she can to exist in this world and just to be allowed to exist Mm -hmm. and something out of her control happens but it's her fault and she is you know she's erased for that right with something completely out of her control right and then we also see jet where he is you know he's going against that and he's trying to fight to prove that no these people are firebenders you let in the enemy these Mm -hmm. people killed people you know like and you know 
sure, whatever, like, he really needs to let go of all of this. But also, like, where has Ba Sing Se been for him and his people? Like, you know, and, like, anybody else in the fucking Earth Kingdom, like, this entire thing. They just shut their fucking walls and said, yo, figure out a way to get to us. Like, I mean, sure, like, I mean, you might be wealthy or you might be somebody over here. You might have your whole way of life, you know, over there on Kiyoshi Island. But... I mean, if you're going to exist, you're going to have to figure out how to exist here within our walls on our rules, right? Yeah. And so, like, we're seeing him as kind of that, um, um, as that side of it, right? Where somebody that is going against it, and it doesn't matter because at the same, like, because by, um, by following the rules, by going against them, you are ultimately, like, part of the same fate, right? And, like, you know, you yeah. still, like... If you are going through GDs, like, you know, uh, like, and we can't fault her for where she's at because, like, we see what happens, right? She knows firsthand what happens, right? But, like, also a part of me is, like, but, but, like, what you allow is what will continue and have to rise up. But then I also live in a system like this where I'm, like, well, there's nothing I can do. So I can just, I just have to try to exist, right? So it's, I think it's just really excellent writing. And, you know, we talk a lot about parallels on this show. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is another great episode where they really are showing both, you know, the upper class and the lower class both have, you know, one may have it easier, but do they? (laughs) Like, because they have to show they don't have to worry about food and stuff. But, like, literally, they are afraid to look at each other or to even like say hello Mm. say anything other than that right like um it's 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 a really good episode Mm. my thoughts on jet in this episode like i want to preface this with like i am not a medical doctor of any kind not a therapist not a psychologist my phd is in education but i feel like whether they were trying to or not they were depicting jet as no this is some sort of like psychotic break for jet mm-hmm. seeing yes. iroh heat his tea something broke like he was majorly triggered and he can't it's like he can't get that trigger out of his head and like he's he's descending into like deep paranoia like watching these people um of and talking to himself yeah about it yeah like him being like just do it and just like do it you know you want to do his it his friends who care about him are like hey we're trying to live a life over here like why don't you join us and they don't know how to deal with his mental health emergency is what this is like, this is not just yeah. like, oh, Jet, it, he he really, really hates the Fire Nation. Like, this is a depiction of something much deeper than that. And I just yeah. wonder if that was, they were fairly cognizant of that. Like, I think when he breaks into um, the tea shop, it's like, it's literally, he's in desperation. Mm-hmm. He was like, look, I can't wait on it anymore. So I'm just going to force you to. And I'm just like that everybody should be like, should really feel bad for this character because he is struggling. He is in pain. Um, And like to Iroh's credit, even though he's kind of like to blame for triggering him, like Iroh is constantly, he's like, no, this boy is confused. I wish he was pushing more. Like he needs help. He says it like once, Mm -hmm. like you need help. 
um i i don't know like maybe in like the 90s or early 2000s when they were like making this they weren't thinking so much about um how this was this is an opportunity to talk about mental health to children as well that like no jet yeah. needed help it is even more of a tragedy that instead of help he was put into the hands of the Daily who were not there to help him, who messed up his head some more. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think that, that, I mean, it feels intentional, right? Because mm-hmm. then by the end, when he is taken away, there's a general consensus among the people who've witnessed this attack that like, oh, he's, yeah, he's insane. Yeah, he needs like, help. He's, he's a, he's, he needs help. You should take yeah. him, take him, take him. He's, he's in a bad place and they might not know so any better like, because yeah. they don't like because a lot of the people are new people in the city mm-hmm. right where they're like they're gonna go help him like sure like i feel like there yeah. might be some delusion there as to what help is and what that looks like especially if they've seen people come back and then just be perfect law-abiding citizens right yeah. like so um there might be you know there might be some of that here but at the same mm-hmm. time i think you're right amber where this is a really good uh opportunity to talk about like help and what that looks like and what mental mm-hmm. illness looks like and you know how like also through like Smellerby and um long shot right like mm-hmm. how to be there for your friend who is yeah. you know having this kind of a break because we all have these breaks like i mean like i've definitely had a couple some of my best friends like i've been there for them through this and yeah. it's hard and it's hard to have that language and it's hard to you know if if you it you there's a lot of language and a lot of skills and a lot of like learning how to be there and how to have this conversation and how to recognize. Cause sometimes, you know, the, the signs aren't as, you know, right there on the wall. Right. But yeah. um, I do think that this would have been a great area to maybe talk about that, but then we wouldn't, I'm sure that they had the end point in, in mind for jet and how we were yeah. going to learn about like the repercussions and what happens and everything. So I do think that, you know, like, his demise is kind of like a, a, a storytelling device. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think that there could have been a way to incorporate um, more of that conversation in this. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just making him narrative fodder, like we could have at least had more of a conversation about like, he's, he's unwell. Yeah. He's in a moment and he needs yeah. some empathy and some assistance. And again, yeah, like and going to show back to what our like that episode. empathy could look like. Like, yes, he's being yeah. violent. Yes, he's you know he's messing up all sorts of things. Be- but because you know what that would have looked like even better too. Because like, what if Iroh, like you were saying, what if he stepped a little bit further and was like, wait, stop, like let him talk, like get what do you what? It's not us. We know it's not us. Mm-hmm. What is it like? What's yeah. happening? Let's talk about what's happening. Yeah. Instead of just like, no, I'm so scared. He's so scary. Yeah. Um, because then it would have made his sort of kidnapping more insidious, right? Like, yeah. it would have felt like, wait, no, he didn't. He didn't say what he had to say. Like, yeah. you're trying to shut him up. Why aren't you letting him talk? Where are you taking him? It would have shifted the tides into a little bit more of that. I feel approach. like that's a bit more that, Iro too. Yeah. Like, that's a bit more of him. Yeah, I mean, I understand that they're they're trying to sort of play incognito yeah. and they're trying mm-hmm. not to ruffle the feathers and get attention. Mm-hmm. Like, they want to stay away from the spotlight. So maybe there's 
that level too. It's like yeah. their first fucking day in bossing say. Like they're <laughs> like we're not Fire Nation. We are starting a new life. We have a tea shop. The tea here sucks. I'm gonna make it better. And suddenly it's like they're Fire Nation. And they're fucking. I swear to God. And it's like wait, no. Oh my God. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like he needs help. So I'm assuming there is a level of. Please get him out of here. He's yelling too many truths at yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I can't. Yeah. We're not. And of we're course, not supposed like, to know these things about us. Zuko responds with like, "Let's fight." <laughs> and they have yeah. like a nice little fight that's like a little dance between them. That again, I feel like just yeah illustrates that they could have been friends. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more. Maybe more. Well, because even the way that's the the se- I mean, during that sequence, one of the shots is Zuko slicing Jet's signature item mm-hmm. in half, which is the stemmed wheat, mm-hmm. uh, just hanging out of his mouth. Cuts it clean off, and it's almost—I know it's not—but it because that's so. That's Jet. That's his look. That mm-hmm. he's had that with him every time we see him. There's a level of like depersonalizing yes in that moment where it's like you're different now you're no longer this person everything's changed for you because this signature piece is gone yeah right Mm -hmm. and zuko really will fucking kill you just like (laughs) leave him alone yeah yeah totally yeah um Uh, there's um there's also this moment uh so so iroh and zuko like right off the bat iroh's like I got us a job already. We start today. Here we are. So day one, they start at this tea house and he's like obsessed because he's like, this is just hot leaf juice. This is fucking awful. And like Zuko's like, "Um, isn't it all? He's like, no, no, it's don't you fucking dare. A member of my own family. We know how highly... Zo- uh, how highly Iroh thinks of his tea. I mean, he literally compromised their position in uh, Bossing Say because of it. Um, but there is a moment where um, we have a fat joke where it's like, oh my gosh, this oh, yeah. uh, apron doesn't, it's not going to fit me. And then we see that like he can't even, like that the um, the string is not long enough in the back. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we have more. But like, I swear, like we like, watch him fiddle with like the string for like a fucking minute (laughs) it's like i feel like that's the most like apparent like we're gonna hang on this fat joke that we've had so far in this whole thing and i was not yeah There's also a shot later where they literally show that he tied an extra piece of string. Yeah, they had in to between like, the two strings. Show you later, like, like I okay, really yeah. Like, I mean, granted, I do like that he's fat. I like that there's inclusion of fat characters, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just it's frustrating when they can't just exist as yeah. fat people. Fat they and have to sexy. be like. I mean, God, the burden <laughs> of Iroh. He's, uh, but like, it has to constantly be at the expense of like their physicality in these yeah. spaces. Like Iroh's the like a good Iroh's so cool people. and strong yeah. and capable and hot. But like, even in these fake worlds, for the sake of humor, 
we have to like consistently punch down and remind people that fatness isn't okay. Yeah. And it's just it's, it's annoying so as hard fuck. to it's like so watch, tired. rewatch anything from like the nineties and yeah. early aughts. It's like our culture really hates fat people. And people with glasses. And that not... was so so <laughs> oh, yeah. violent to little baby me. And not <laughs> yeah. literally I mean, it literally is it, it destroys your will it like it destroys your confidence like oh yeah. well i'll never be accepted here like yeah. i'll never be i'll, I'll just I'll, i mean i'll just be the fat side the good things i'll be the yeah. funny one people will be i'll be the funny one on the side like i'll never be whatever it's just it's wild i'm so happy that things have changed slightly obviously it's still such a significant part of the yeah. culture to hate fatness but, but we have lizzo um, now yes yeah <laughs> That's a big, yeah. It's like that's a big difference. I mean, it for it is a huge difference, and also just like seeing the conversations around it, and like I don't know, it's one of those. I want to talk about Gen Z a little bit, just because there's a level to the conversations around aesthetic and around like acceptability and the Mm -hmm. uh, conversation around empathy that I feel like Gen Z has a lot of like. I mean, again, this is a huge blanket statement, which isn't necessarily true. But mm-hmm. in general, amongst a lot of young Gen Z people, when it comes to queerness, when it comes to fatness, when it comes to any sort of otherness, mm-hmm. there is sort of a more empathetic approach to like, yeah, that's okay. Like if somebody makes a fat joke, it's like, oh, wait, why is that funny? Yeah. Like like I've, I've seen it in action several times, the blatantness and the boldness of like calling something out that yeah. feels like they're only saying that because they heard it in the culture and they don't necessarily even think it's funny. So it's somebody being like, wait, let's stop that right there. Why was that funny? Yeah. (laughs) Can you explain it? And then like, if it isn't funny, then like, let's maybe retire the joke. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just, I think it's really cool. And I do think that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a wonderful, I just think it's great that it warms my, it's becoming less acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. We had to deal with a lot just... of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a fat kid sucks. <laughs> it was not nice. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, super. I remember. Bad. Anyways. Like even uh, I yeah. wasn't, <laughs> I was thin and, and I remember my whole family like I maybe weighed 110 pounds, like sopping wet, right? <laughs> and they were like, "Wow, you gained so much weight. You're so fat. You look awful. You look like oh, you got a baby in oh. there." And I like I just remember like not wanting to eat, you know. And um and at a certain point I rebelled, and that's when I got in my bunk my punk rock phase where I was like, "Whatever, I'm gonna wear." clothes that don't even match and I'm going to do my makeup however I want because you're going to tell me I'm ugly anyway and I have glasses and uh you and apparently that's not beautiful I'm not like you know what I mean so like even uh and I think a lot of that too is just being like also a young woman right where like you're literally like you know slapped in the face with like you have to be thin here's another diet do the diet do the thing you know um so even for as hard as it was for me, I could be fat in a different way. 
because I'm a man. Like it was yeah. it was a different acceptability of being male and fat mm-hmm. as opposed to being a young woman on top of being fat, being like pummeled with like like you're 10 be sexy here's makeup like blah 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 and it's like this it's just stuff that i didn't have to go through apart from just like being a chubby kid you know it's just crazy it's wild and i hope that we're getting away from that because that was like really detrimental i wasn't okay with myself until like past like five years <laughs> you know like yeah. i feel like that's when i actually started to like accept things but yeah i mean and like, body dysmorphia is still a bitch yeah like i yeah. just know that I, I i i don't see the same things other people see and i have and it's so it's hard to so tell hard. my brain like actually brain you're lying to me mm-hmm. yeah or, like you are telling it- me that whatever this is is ugly and fat and disgusting and worthless and but i know for a fact other people don't think that yeah yeah like what's the deal brain i literally just thought of that like earlier when i was like oh my arms look weird i should put on like a thing like i literally it's still always in my brain but then i like now i'm at least able to catch myself and be like brain calm down it's okay but i still like i don't know it's 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 a journey it's hard yeah it's a journey and like literally same like i didn't start seeing myself in a positive light until like the last three years i always thought i looked like weird or like i was like fat in weird places and like it was also internalized fat phobia as well that was like ingrained in me from like being like going from fat to thin to fat like Mm -hmm. like just like the the weirdness weird obsession with like thinness when in fact like full I, I love that we're talking about this also by the way um full transparency on the table i've mm-hmm. never felt hotter than today and i know that with myself and my body mm-hmm. i am at my hottest when i'm fat mm-hmm. and i love that about myself you know what i mean like the acceptance of my body the acceptance of how i look and and, the, and it, again it's a journey and you have to remind yourself every day but it like it sucks that we ha- are forced to unlearn that because yeah. we're taught something so toxic like i'm proud of us and i'm happy that we're all sort of on that journey Mm -hmm. but it still sucks that we are forced to go on that journey because of the societal norms and the stereotypes that we're imbued with yeah Mm -hmm. non-consensually like we're just we're given this information as if it's fact when in in fact it's not it's it's bias it's yeah it's it's self-hatred and we are taught that it as a normal thing it's mm-hmm. all it's, sorts of it things. It literally yeah. racism. So patriarchy. Yeah. It's yeah, and it's everything. It all intersects. And I'm so happy that there is more conversations around yeah. that. Like the self love. For us the, the, and the, the, for the, like the younger generations and for everybody. And yeah. that's where I think it really starts. And I think that's why Gen Z <sighs> is so much cooler than the previous generation. I think as cartoons just get better like generations get better because like and people in general I because they, i mean have a big big part huge of look yeah. at steven universe look at like i mean even this show right like we Today, do talk about its missteps but like i, spent I mean some time with two twin six-year-olds and i watched one of like the newer teenage mutant ninja turtle shows with them like i'm a old school Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But in this show, there was like, there was like this croc 
crocodile mutant guy and Michelangelo makes friends with him and he was like well maybe you're not a monster maybe people have just treated you that way your whole life and like the monster like a whole backstory and like they because I was watching with six-year-olds they didn't even let me finish the episode but I wanted to be like I want to know what happens to it like this is good this is showing good stuff you're like shushing like like they were like bothering me (laughs) as I was trying to watch my stories I'm just like I'm into this you guys like this stuff I love this stuff Um, and yeah so like you can find it in so many places I feel like animators cartooners like the industry in so many ways has worked to get to this place and it's just so cool all of the different ways it can trickle into so many different things and the kids are growing up learning it yeah they are it's It's like And I'm so excited for jokes like this, like reeling back into the episode, for jokes like this to stop. And they're they're beginning to, and we're seeing yeah. that. And all of these new shows that are like just as funny and just as good, if not better, in just the way that they're silly. telling sort of empathy yeah. forward storytelling. Just as silly, but just a little bit more thought provoking. Like yeah. kids deserve more thought provoking, more intentional entertainment. And yes. there's a lot of good shows that are really like nailing that excelling and like making other storytellers take note and be like oh yeah that's like have you seen that that's amazing i'm gonna try to do something even better and it's like it's just it's so great and i feel like there is there are so many people who grew up with this kind of stuff who also have the same sort of ideas that we do and i'm sure have the same conversations about the stuff that we're having on this podcast and my animator friends how can we yes yeah these are conversations that are happening with people that are making this yeah. yeah. And I love it because it's literally like, how can we do better for a younger generation? How can we give, how can we give a younger generation a less fat phobic society, a less, a less racist society, a less misogynistic society? Like, how can we, how can we a less homophobic give society. them the tools earlier? Yeah. How can we give them the tools earlier to distinguish between what is and is not true. Yeah. Because it's not like changing everything because it's, yeah. How can we make the world safer? And it has to do with giving them the tools of discernment and giving them the skill sets to like decipher what is and is not true. Yeah. And showing them that it starts with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Inclusion and all of that. Right. Like there's, uh, there's and so much I'm gonna cry in so, yeah in I'm so many ways cry. Avatar <laughs> was such a force because it does so well in so many areas of showing children respect showing them spirituality showing them uh, even the complexities of a surveillance state in a way that they can access um and like and you know it's unfortunate that they couldn't be you know perfect on every single tone no one is um yes i i just like you know in the the enduringness of this story 
Um, there's so many ways we can keep reimagining. Like I, I also think of the Kiyoshi books as like another way that they were like, let's also like reimagine like everyone thinks about like the future being a cooler place. Well, what if like the past was a cooler place? Like personally, I really want to know the world in Kiyoshi's time. Like Kyoshi Prime Time, I want to know what like that world is like and how um, beautiful like people loved each other in that era. And yeah, so like there's so much magic in this story that we can explore and it it creates more spaces inside ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just... It's, and that's it, it, that's what it does <laughs> that's what it does especially through like again through like um at least for me in this in this iteration this was one of the episodes that really really hit hard for me because again like judy's character um mm-hmm. jet and seeing his like how um like his you know um area that he's going to his arc um how that's mm-hmm. evolving and then seeing like how even you know within this incredible city that like up until now we've heard so much about it right and everyone's like oh my god mm-hmm. bossing say oh my god right and top mm-hmm. is the only one that's like yeah it's not that great right but now we get to see for ourselves and we have this expectation mm-hmm. of it being wonderful and a safe haven and all of this and what we see is you know we see classism right yeah. off the bat we see yeah. you know um that the avatar can't even get an audience with the king not because like so we're also seeing monarchy and that this doesn't work right and we're mm-hmm. seeing um we're seeing like these forms of government and I, and i like that it's done in a way where even as a young person like mm-hmm. you can be like oh like you can draw these parallels whether it's like you know mm-hmm. um you like subconscious or like rate like oh yeah this is like us right i mean like you know depending on how informed they are but like Mm -hmm. you can recognize this is badness right and that this is unfair but then you know this is giving like children like a framework for like this is bad and this is wrong but then again like we were talking about you put like america up against bossing say right and you're like oh wait a second Like, you know, and you can start real, like, you know, dismantling, like, the, you know, the views that you have been force-fed for years and years Mm -hmm. and years on, you know, the society that you live in and start to question these kinds of things, right? Um, So this episode is incredibly important. And you can, because you can start to see uh, on a fundamental level, you, like, and the world that you live in represented Mm -hmm. in this space and what that means right like and um, we can go into this episode i think we can have like an entire two-hour episode just on this it's (laughs) like it's something occurred to me i hope you don't don't lose your thought um as i was like watching this is like you know when this was first coming out in like the early aughts it would be easy to look at bossing say and be like oh weird like look at how different this world is that they're building. But something occurred to me in rewatching this time, I was like, or is this, this could also be seen as like a vision of our future in America, like in Mm. in many ways, like we're deep, deep, deep into like surveillance state 
ness. <laughs> you know, we don't need the daily. We, you know, we have tracking devices in our pockets and our hands all day. <laughs> and, yeah. and social media um, companies that are uh, actively working with uh, the police and uh, law enforcement agencies. Yeah, talk about like some yeah. cultural ambassadors. Uh, yeah, and just the extreme segregation. Like we like to think that we are different, but we're more segregated now than when they passed the Civil mm -hmm. Rights Act. Like, yeah, yeah. It just it kind of gave me the chills watching this. Like when they first made it, like this was meant to be like a to stand out more or or contrast more with the life that we live but it doesn't contrast as much it aligns mm -hmm. so much more um yeah. it's it's near perfect yeah just just and also the sense of like not not impending tragedy but just sort of like the the sort of the sort of coded layer of like anxiety that everyone feels yes. about the stasis of what currently is and the sort of impossible like especially from a class perspective the yeah. impossible stages of like trying to pull yourself from a place of poverty how yeah. impossible that is in this system but also just in terms of like the rich people also like what that the guy in his house what is his name of like Pong? he's yeah. rich yeah but he yeah but he's it's also like just i like, waited years I for this it. house like i can't get in trouble stay away from the daily like stay away yeah exactly i waited three years for this and i'm not gonna and fuck something it up, even though i know said, it's wrong and i don't want to be here like so like the way the system is set up everyone is being crushed in a different way and especially when you think of um, when they were going around trying to ask people about APA, like that was even something that they were going to allow them to really do. It's like, if you set it up so much that everyone's livelihood depends on following your rules exactly, and they know that you will know exactly when they break the rules, like you can say anything. So of course mm -hmm. you can say there is no war. I'm sure like everybody in Boston say knows there's a war and are just like hoping that it's far enough away. Oh my gosh, talk about like allegory for yeah. us. <laughs> they just hope it's far enough away. They hope all these walls that they keep telling them are strong, are strong enough. Um, but if my livelihood is on the line and you know some new person comes up asking questions i'll be like oh fucking know what you're talking about no absolutely exactly and what what's wild is that the daily are doing this in the name of um preserving tradition right yes um and i'm interested like you were saying um earlier like i'm interested to know what this looked like during um the kiyoshi era or like when did it yeah. start to develop in this like because now this is like the worst fucking place to be right but like yeah. all in the name of tradition the people are suffering so who is this tradition serving right mm -hmm. i mean they and the dai li are so feel so above the law that they are will like they think that they can fucking arrest the avatar <laughs> like i mean like think about that like the the person that's supposed to bring balance and do that they're like yeah i'm above this we're above this we don't need you yeah. because 
we because there is no war because like, we're fine. We'll see what you. we want him to see. Um, yeah, good luck trying to talk to our king. Um, <laughs> even in yes. Korra, like the neck, the next monarch sucks too, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, um, I mean, yeah. Bossy so is just fucked, and they for they... Bossing says eventual revolution. <laughs> there has to be a revolution, right? Like, that's what I'm thinking is like because even after. Um, after Aang, they're still continuing in the name of tradition and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? There's going to be a revolution here, and I want to see this. Yeah. I this is a this is a movie I would watch. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Avatar Studios. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to touch on the bear of it all for this episode. <laughs> One of the funniest little bits mm-hmm. in this episode that I thought was very cute. Mm-hmm was just the whole scene where it's like we got invited to go celebrate the bear and it's like the platypus bear mm-hmm. no the bear the skunk bear you mean the duck bear <laughs> yeah the skunk bear for sure like, the bear gopher like, this bear is... <laughs> yeah what the hell is like, a this bear is fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they get there and it's just like a literal bear it's just, it's just a funny subversion of the world that we've been yeah. told to be accustomed to um, where it's these hybrid animals and suddenly there's just like a bear and everyone's like what and sure? <laughs> but of course like the king has like the only bear right. <laughs> yes it, yeah it's a prize I, I in a world it. of hybrids yeah. yeah it's it's it is a great it is a great little moment and yes. a great little note. And the only um, uh, bison potentially, or at least knows where the only bison is, right? Like, I thought that was so insidious that, like, the Daily was like, we'll let you continue looking for your bison. Maybe you'll find him. And uh, Judy, like, uh, mm-hmm. behind him everywhere, just like, don't tell him anything. You don't know anything. I was just like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Um, another one of the silly moments, which is one of my favorites in the whole series, um, as they're talking with Toph, we've talked about this before, but Toph picks a booger and flicks it on the (laughs) ceiling. You can see the booger stuck on the ceiling while they're having this conversation. And at the end of the conversation, it falls and lands on Sokka's head. And I'm sorry, <laughs> that is the height of comedy. It is. Yeah. It like deserves because... to be in a comedy hall of fame, like maybe funniest sequence ever. As she's talking about, you guys don't have manners. I I learned manners yes. and I chose to leave it. Flick. Yeah. <laughs> your face. Um, it is so well done and it's so casual. And I like feel if like you're not paying animators... attention, you miss it also really love it because the next time we see someone fully like picking their nose and flicking it it is uh milo when he meets old lady toff he picks his nose and he flicks it and i feel like that is like a salute (laughs) to toff they're booger positive yes yeah That is so cute. Yes. And it, it, yeah, it's, it is a fantastic bit. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're not paying attention, you miss yes. it almost. Um, it's just another yeah. funny um, moment is like after like, Katara and Toph have like snuck in, Katara says like, oh, my name is like 
Kwame or something, and this is Dung. <laughs> she calls <laughs> Tuff Dung, yes. and Tuff just like reaches up and like yanks on her hair, and it's it's just like so perfect. <laughs> It's so cute. Yeah. This is a very silly for all the yeah. heaviness that we just talked about. This is a very silly episode, and I'm sure it's to like balance those emotions yeah. for children. But it's, um, yeah. it's one of the silliest episodes, mm-hmm. like out of the entire series. I think. Like, I feel like every other scene was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of physical comedy. Aang does like a little like circus show. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sokka and anytime he gets also... mad he's just like oh yeah this is really nice and also uh, about the war and the thing that we need to tell like <laughs> he's just like physically yeah. cannot contain himself and the secret he's that like, he knows that I he has to get so he's just like to tell you every single scene he's just like more and more tense and like more and more like ready to fucking explode like losing his goddamn mind um, mm-hmm. lots of physical comedy there yes mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's just it's paced so perfectly because like there's all this physical comedy you know like a lot of it is just coming from like this is kind of how they've done everything they've just gone in and figured it out how they were as they were going along and they dealt with problems as they came up um, and so it's like silly 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 and then you get to that last scene where uh, what's the main guy's name uh jet no the dialing oh, main the, guy oh um long fang long fang yeah sorry long so fang. then you get to that last scene when long fang has them in the back it's like mood lighting he has like a weird green fire going on in the back and he's like so you guys seem to be slow to picking this up but i run this place no, you're not going to get to talk to the king. Are you fuck? Why do you think <laughs> like we would ever let you talk to the king? Like we've got this. Um, also, awesome. like he has Appa already. Like we don't mm-hmm. find it out for another few episodes, but he's got Appa. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's also like, uh, when Sokka says we need an offensive and he like just fucking silences him and he's like we're n- like basically we're never leaving this Wallace I don't care I'm if sorry. we could destroy no. the Fire Nation and set you know uh, everybody free and blah like we are good puppy. in here don't... we don't give a shit about anybody else we don't need <laughs> no. to help anybody else um, get the fuck out of here with that yeah. information and shut your goddamn mouth and like and if they had any question of how powerful this man is it ends with them bringing in a whole new bitch and saying oh no this is gd <laughs> that you met before oh yeah yeah it's like oh judy i'm judy yeah I'm like, judy. <laughs> like and they are like terrified like when they see yeah. this new woman they're like it's hitting them oh shit this is gonna be so much harder than any other thing that we've come up against so far mm-hmm. we it, can't it bend re- our actualizes, way around yeah. this guy it actualizes the danger in realizing also that 
they can't wing it. Like you like you were saying, they can't just like scurry through mm-hmm. an, a seemingly impossible situation by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. They're trapped in bossing yeah. say. And they have to be more cunning to make sure not only that they get up, but that they can escape. And so, again, the severity of their situation is realized in this scene. And it it, it just it's just going to get worse from here. Like, it's just shit's like I feel like we say it every four ish episodes like shit's going to hit the shit's in the fan. I feel like their whole journey is is more and more shit getting thrown into the this is and them having to sift through all yeah, of it. For me, this is the part of the season where afterwards I can't stop watching. I was, I was just like, well, I'm in yeah. it now. I gotta watch at least to the end of season two because there is like not a single wasted moment from now until the end. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. Everything. Ooh. Oh, yeah, it gets yeah, really it just gets so good. This is the show now. Yeah, yeah. this is the show. Mm-hmm. We've we've yeah, got we've and, gotten to in it. In comparison, like you know, our main characters are all like little tiny babies, and yeah, but they're growing up in the next few episodes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, it's... next is Tales of Bossing Say. Oh, it's about to be yes. good. It's gonna be good. I'm excited. I'm so excited we're in Bossing Say. Yeah. Because like this, it is. It is like. It does feel not that everything had been mm. easy, but it's just the severity of the <clears> world <throat> that they live in is suddenly like coming to fruition. This place that was once heralded and has been told to them as like this kind of safe yeah. haven, this like beautiful city of like safety is suddenly like this toxic sludge of classist capitalist uh prisondom and, like like it's 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 a hell yeah probably the least safe place they've been in the world and i mean yeah. ang to yeah. a Irony. degree knows that right like or knows that it's not a great place because he knows it's big right and he's like i never mm-hmm. came here because the the from what i understand like yeah their society is the complete opposite of what the monks and and i believe right yeah so why would i ever want to come here and i mean he was right like look at like what he is greeted with like it's like the situation like his first fucking day there he's like threatened by the goddamn Dai Li right <laughs> like yeah. and he like and I've just like going into bossing say you knew it was going to be big like there's the scene where he's like standing you know looking over bossing say on the wall or and he like has his bison whistle and he like you know he's like i know he's here i know he's here but the city is so big and like thinking about that task alone and then just being pummeled with like just incredible levels of bureaucracy and all these like you know uh, all these other different systems that he has no interest in and uh, that don't serve him or the people. And just yeah. like we get into a lot of like moral, not like gray area here, but like, I mean, like talking about like jet, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we get these sort of um, bigger themes where before, like, you know, it was like, Oh, ha ha ha. I met the city for like a minute and then I can leave, but everybody loves me because I'm the avatar. Right. But now it's like, Oh, like this whole air, like this is way bigger than you, Aang. Yeah, they've they've always had a get out of jail yeah. free card to some extent, 
and now suddenly they don't yeah. and it's like wait no fuck. they will really just okay. throw our asses in jail <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah they could not care less well thank you all so much for joining us for another gorgeous little episode of the momos and the Oppas podcast music and editing by eric lafibre Artwork by David Tercero. And please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us Mm -hmm. so much. And remember, he may be the finest tea maker in the city, but Uncle Iroh was a war criminal. Mm -hmm. He really was. And you know what? He could, I would, I fantasize about him making me (laughs) Like, the way that he turned around the Jasmine Dragon so quickly on his first day can't even get over yeah. it. He's so good. He's so good at what I he does. I really do want to try some of his um, tea. Like, yeah. oh can you God. imagine? I'm sure he's really yes. good at, I'm <laughs> sure he's also really good at doing other things <sighs> as well. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sit on my face. Hi, <laughs> Okay. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well? Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly, same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like The patriarchy Systemic racism Harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations And really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. That's Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not Nostalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not Nostalgia. <laughs> Follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye.